Welcome to the Pastronauts. I'm Aaron Moore, and I've got three wonderful time travel partners here with me. I'm going to introduce you all to how I met them and why they're on this journey with us. Just for some background, we're about one week into lockdown from quarantining for uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. So if there's a better time to look into time travel and, and finding someplace else to go, I can't think of one. First on our space adventure here is uh, Todd that I've known since elementary school. And if there's uh, anybody who knows more or is more obsessed with time travel than him, I don't know who would be I knew he'd be the perfect person for this when the summer after I graduated from college, we watched every single Back to the Future and every single bonus feature and the director's commentary all in about a four-day span. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Definitely a way to uh, make time go faster. Well, there you go. How appropriate, right? Uh, well, thank you for inviting me to uh, to join the the uh, distinguished panel, as it were, um, uh, I appreciate the uh, the recognition as a as a lover of time travel. I think my first um, my first exposure to to the concept of time travel in in film or in literature were, were the Back to the Future movies, and uh, have been my uh, my favorites uh, ever since. And uh, I don't know, there's something maybe because there's a, a connection I feel to the past. Uh, I'm kind of a, a throwback or an old soul. Uh, I enjoy antiques and, and old things. And so uh, any, any type of, of fantasy that allows you to revisit that or re-examine that or participate in that uh, has always been something that, that fascinates me. And uh, I, I think the fact that it is fiction um, is is one of the uh, one of the attractive things to it. If it was something that was real or potentially real or something like that, I think it would lose a lot of the uh, the luster to it. But uh, the fact that uh, it's pure fantasy and that there's there's uh, so many ways that you can experience it and so many theories behind it or or uh, different tracks, uh, it's it's just something that that really holds my interest and in, and in anything that uh, that involves time travel um, always. Uh, it, I'm drawn to it very, very much. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, glad to have you. And that leads me to uh, somebody who's got a lot of overlapping interests with you, uh, Tress, that I've known since college. So that's around uh, 2001 that I met him, uh, which is a good year for uh, space and sci-fi uh, relationships as well. <laughs> I am convinced that this man is H.G. Wells and has arrived uh, here in our time, but I <laughs> do not know that for a fact, but welcome to you as well, Tress. Thank you very much. I did read The Time Machine when I was a teenager, uh, and it was not assigned in a class, so that tells you how nerdy I am. Uh, <laughs> but that was probably my first introduction to uh, the, pretty much the storytelling device of time travel. Uh, was that book. And that book is, is different because that one is primarily only focused on a possible future. He doesn't really go back in time other than, um, I think he goes back to uh, his original time, but I'm not sure. I don't remember the end of it. But anyway, yeah. So Aaron and I were in the same broadcasting program. So we used to talk a lot about these type of things just for fun, just because we both uh, also like screenwriting. So this uh, concept of time travel definitely was something we talked about. The final but certainly not least uh, 
member of our team that we've assembled today is Ralph Garcia. He uh, joins us from Texas and uh, he and I shared an office um, when I lived there uh, working at a TV station and we would at least once a week, probably all five days of the week, almost every week would have something come up, uh, the issue of time travel or suspected alternate timelines, all sorts of things like that. Um, and there's nobody that I have spoken about time travel theory with more than this man. Yeah, Aaron, I'm honored that uh, I would be part of this this panel here. I got to say first, I think it's interesting that we have no scientists on this panel. I guess I guess they're all busy trying to figure out a vaccine for COVID-19, just a, a bunch of dudes. Uh, but no, I think about time travel, I'm not even kidding, almost every day. Uh, it's It's something that, I don't know, I think that maybe just because my life is riddled with mistakes, but you know, you think about something as simple as a car accident and how if that person would have just taken 30 more seconds to do something or find their keys, how that could have altered their day and then ultimately alter the course of history, perhaps um, not to get too deeply into it. But no, I'm just, I'm honored to be here. I'm, I'm a time travel nerd. I'll watch any movie or read any book that, uh, that piques my interest on the subject. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have all you guys. So that what you just spoke about, Ralph, is a perfect setup. Um, I'll include the image on the website, but uh, I had sent you guys um, a graphic that kind of goes over the three types of, of time travel. Just real quickly to overview them, there's the fixed timeline um, that was seen most famously in uh, Terminator, Harry Potter 3, um, which is the events of the time travel where someone goes into the future or the past have already happened. So when they experience those changes, they may not realize that they were already in that spot in a different uh, position in the scene. Um, the most famous one, the dynamic timeline that's, that's used in Back to the Future where um, any alterations you make have the ripple effect uh, or butterfly effect over time. And then there's the multiverse, um, which was most uh, famous in uh, the first of the Star Trek remakes that came out um, about 10 years ago, and then Terminator 2 and 3, where you create alternate timelines that exist next to each other, sort of like uh, the sliding doors phenomenon. We all are very familiar with the dynamic timeline. Well, I think the dynamic timeline makes for a a better story in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people can get it. The other ones you have to kind of explain a little bit, especially in the multiverse. A lot of people, <laughs> that's kind of a newer concept I've noticed. Yeah. And then I know Todd, you uh, really like the uh, dynamic as well as you discussed back to the features, your, your top, but is there one of the others that uh, appeals to you or you have a movie that you liked from that? Well, I thought it was interesting. Um, looking at the the paradox that's created with the dynamic timeline back to the future touches on that where you know if if um, marty mcfly goes back in time and prevents his parents falling in love and it you know it slowly erases him from existence that would be a tragic happening of course but the way the the uh the chart that we're looking at it takes it a step further is that if he is erased from existence, he never could have gone back in time. 
And so that's where that paradox is is created. It's not just, you know, people are going to be disappearing from the future, but not only if they disappear from the future, uh, they could never have gone back in the first place. Uh, and so it, it kind of is a, a self-defeating paradox, whereas uh, it not only creates problems with the future, but it eliminates the possibility of time travel even happening, uh, which which they touch on briefly, but it's it's really not played out in in the film because it, it would it would make it a self-defeating kind of a, a thing so i thought that was kind of kind of interesting yeah that is kind of interesting of of how far do you tug on that thread until mm-hmm. until it doesn't make any any sense anymore your brain uh cramps up trying to figure it out um and then i know ralph you uh have probably you probably are the most well-versed in um multiverse timelines um of anybody of any yeah, of us so i'm a multiverse uh well <laughs> i i believe in the multiverse but i have problems with it and i'm going to ask you guys a question so the multiverse is an infinite number of universes and it can be the most significant actions that change from multiverse to multiverse or the most significant for example there could be an entire another multiverse where instead of cereal for breakfast i had slice of cold pizza. So that I can buy into, but where are the limitations? For example, is there a multiverse where I'm just going to say Lenny Kravitz is such a talented musician and that he literally records every song ever made? I mean, is it that extreme? Can that exist? Is there a multiverse where the Cleveland Cavaliers win the championship every year? Is that something where, how far does it extend? What do you guys think? How do you know if you're in an alternate timeline? <laughs> or does the does the concept of alternate even exist? Mm-hmm. Because alternate meaning there's there's an original or there's a there's a a real, for example, timeline, and all the others are are the facsimile. Um, or does that does that concept even exist that there's there's just multiple timelines, not one of them is an original or or genuine one? Yeah, that's a good question is uh, when you make a choice, are you creating an alternate or are you making that choice because you're in the alternate where that one should happen? Or is the concept of an alternate, meaning, you know, there's, there's a primary, the, the, you know, even using the term alternate indi- you know, uh, insinuates that there's a primary. I think I agree with you. I think that there is no alternate. It's just everybody's in a different, you know, variation of... of- there is no original. There's just infinite right. multiverses. Yeah. But I, I do think there's limitations because there is no universe where I, at my mid, a middle-aged guy that's five foot, eight inches tall, could train for the next year and then play in the NBA. Like right. no matter how hard I train, that will never happen. And plus, there's not even basketball anymore because of the coronavirus. So you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like how how could that be possible? It's not. There has to be limitations. Unless you look at a kind of a theory where if something is is destined to happen in a particular timeline um the 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 universe in which it exists will alter itself to make whatever impossibility necessary uh you know you're never going to be an mba star at your height but what if the universe that you uh find yourself in at some point on some timeline uh requires that 
the people of a certain height become the basketball players. In your universe, uh, the shorter people are the ones that that excel at it uh, because the universe has adapted itself to make that reality happen. A League of Their Own, which is not, of course, a time travel movie, but you've got a, a, a scenario where women are the baseball players because what happens in that universe is all the men are, are out of war. And so, you know, uh, a year before World War II, you know, a woman having this type of conversation, he's saying, well, there's never going to be a universe where I'm going to be a major league baseball star. It's just not going to happen. And within a year, it happens, you know. So, uh, you know, maybe there's timelines where if something is ever going to happen, the the timeline will, will make it happen. So I like what you're kind of proposing here, Todd, sounds like a fixed multiverse timeline. Right, right. Okay. A mashup sure. of the two. Sure. You know, I love, I love um, the Todd, Todd's so generous. I love that he said it's the height that limits me from being in the A, not my lack of talent coordination or my <laughs> bum right knee. You know, there's interesting. Have, have any of you read um, the Stephen King 112263? A while um, back. I don't remember all the details, but yeah, that, that's a great book. And it turned into well, a miniseries uh, mini on Hulu. Right, and I hadn't seen the miniseries, but I've read the book several times because it, it piques my interest with, with time travel, but also uh, historic fiction, and, and I love Stephen King anyway. Uh, but there's an interesting concept uh, for those who may not have read it. There's a, a time portal, and the protagonist can step back in time, and every time the person steps back in time, it resets the past uh, to exactly what it it was, and uh, and so that would be your base timeline, uh, and anything that you do in the past when you are traveling in the past, um, when you step back to the future, that becomes the the new past. But if you go through the portal again, it resets, and everything that you had done is is undone, uh, and so it creates multiple timelines. Um, but then they're they're constantly reset. So if you if you goof up, you know you can come back to the present and step back in time again, and then, then you're reset. Um, but there's a character that that Stephen King writes into the book called uh, the Green Card Man or the Yellow Card Man. It's a person that somehow uh, is close in proximity, physical proximity to the time portal, and because of their physical proximity to it, and in, in the case in the book, he happens to be a wino that happens to, to live in the alley that uh, this portal empties out into, um, and he uh, he's slowly going insane, and he's the only thing that changes uh, every time the protagonist makes the trip back in time. And the reason why he's slowly going insane is because somehow he's able to keep all of the multiple universes in his brain um, that every every trip back in time creates a new alternate universe. It's, we're, it's our multi-universe uh, uh, time travel theory that, that King is working from here. And, uh, and he keeps all of them in his head. Every slight change with every trip back creates a new timeline that this guy has to remember and, and uh, maintain and reconcile in his own mind, uh, which is kind of an interesting concept because, uh, you know, you think that the time traveler themselves is the one that would experience the changes and the difference and really know what's going on. Uh, but uh, King introduces this character that, uh, that has to create uh, a reconciliation of all these multiple universes happening simultaneously. 
Yeah, you touched on something kind of interesting there, Todd, of uh, during the time travel is the person who's doing the time traveling typically is outside of those changes. Um, but then there's kind right. of a balance between the two of um, they're still affected by the changes, but they somehow are able to kind of almost as if they're uh, a narrator see right. from the outside what's going on. Do you guys buy into those kinds of concepts of if you change the past, maybe you've done it and you don't even know it because you've then felt the ripple effect from it? I love what Todd brought up, uh, 112263, because uh, the motivation behind that was, and again, we're talking about the book. These aren't big spoilers, but uh, the protagonist wanted to stop the assassination of uh, JFK. Stephen King, that he talked about writing that book. That was the, one of the biggest events, most significant events in his life. For us, maybe it would be 9-11 for us that are a little bit younger, but mm. he wanted to create a world where that didn't happen and explore what would have happened if, if that event had not occurred. And I think a lot of what we think about with, with time travel is how could we make it the world a better place by eliminating this bad event or this decision. I, I encourage anybody to read that book. First of all, it's better than the miniseries, but yeah, like you're saying, Aaron, I mean, what are we, do we just play a role in that negative event, or can we change it? The, the protagonist, the time traveler being the one that's aware uh, and everybody else is just kind of, you know, a, a film that plays out that's, that's predestined to do something unless there's an interaction with it that changes something. Um, but in, in the book, the past itself actually uh, resists uh, change. Uh, it's, it's obstinate in the fact that it doesn't want to change. And when it senses that something is out of place um, from what, what had occurred uh, naturally without the interference of a time traveler, uh, it throws up roadblocks to, uh, to keep that person from changing it. And the more significant the change, and this is where a lot of the, uh, the tension and suspense in the book comes, uh, the larger or more significant the change that the time traveler is attempting to make, the more dire the need is to prevent them from making that change and the harder the past is going to fight back. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's kind of neat uh, that, King uses the past literally as a character that's that's fighting. Uh, the past itself really can be seen as the antagonist in in the in the book. Um, and again, I just want to echo, uh, you know, if you haven't read it, please make sure that you you spend the time if if uh, history fascinates you or time travel fascinates you, because uh, it's it's a time travel story that uh, that touches on a lot of things that the the more mainstream timeline uh, time travel stories don't. Uh, so it's it's very interesting these alternate timelines that uh, that don't want to be changed and they'll fight you from keeping those changes. Well, if I'm correct, uh, Tress, maybe you can you probably know more about it than me that but that's sort of uh some of the themes in uh hg wells time machine correct yeah the only thing i remember from that book is <laughs> it's been a long time since i read it uh, but it, he goes like s several thousand years into the future and pretty much humanity has uh pretty much bred into two races um but the thing that is different about that one is I don't know if it brings up so many of these other questions just because he goes only into the future. He doesn't go into the past. So a lot of these later stories where people start going back in the past, that's where it brings up all these questions. Okay. I thought that there was um, 
a time travel story where basically that he had tried to prevent his wife's death when she was hit by a car. So he stops her from going through the crosswalk. But then next day, um, a different tragedy befalls her. So he travels back in time again and prevents that. But then the third day, a different thing happens. And so it's the universe readjusting itself yeah is that not the time machine maybe that was a television adaptation of it that uh, <laughs> probably didn't yeah. use the yeah, book yeah. at all um, <laughs> that i saw a long time ago in my childhood or something that's fascinating to me because are there some things that are just meant to be i mean you talk about human so it's hard to admit when it's happening but goodness can come out of human tragedy and what are the lessons we've learned from 9-11 what are the lessons we've learned from you know jfk's assassination sometimes we need those things to move forward and it's hard to swallow uh, and on a personal level you know something bad happens i know that i've come out you know better on the other side of it but if you change that do you learn those lessons this cut starts to kind of delve into philosophy uh the whole argument over determinism versus free will uh essentially there's some philosophers that said have said that like we really don't have free will that we're pretty much our choices are determined Mm-hmm. Uh, other people say yes we do have free will so that kind of affects even these three theories like can we actually change the universe or not so some philosophers have said no everything's pretty much determined already uh, and then the more dynamic or even the multiverses yes our choices do have effects that's a really good um comparison because uh sticking with the science fiction that's not a time travel movie but the matrix that's virtually the entire storyline is yeah uh are you a subject of what you see with your limited view or then when you get pulled back whether it's through time travel or through be taking the uh the right pill or whatever it may be that you have the greater perspective does is that where you then have choices or were those choices already determined and speaking of keanu reeves I learned in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure that you can actually help yourself from the future. And I'm always kind of looking for future Ralph around the corner when I'm in a bind. Like, is he, yes. he going to come through this time? <laughs> I thought about that a lot, too. <laughs> or, or the opposite, you know, can, can I be the one to go back and like slap some sense into my, my younger self, right? <laughs> Aaron, so. what is the, the episode of Futurama where Fry finds out he's his own grandpa? Which, which timeline was oh, that? That, <laughs> um, that would be the fixed timeline because, okay, yeah. um, uh, spoilers here, but if you haven't seen this from... 16 years ago or however old the episode is um they travel back in time to roswell new mexico and uh uh fry the main character um meets a a lovely waitress and uh has a romantic evening and then um accidentally kills his grandfather but then still exists and he can't figure out if there should be a paradox why does he uh still exist and then it's revealed that um the romantic evening with the waitress was with his own grandmother. And so he is his, <laughs> he is his own grandfather. Yeah. The and, episode uh, is Roswell ends. W- that ends well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, available on uh, Hulu, I believe in season three, two or three of Futurama. Um, and it's, it actually, I believe it won an I lo- Emmy I for a screenplay. Time travel. Oh, did it? Or, you know, like that episode of the Simpsons, it was one of the Halloween specials where Homer has the time travel toaster and he just keeps going back until he gets it right. Right, you know <laughs> yeah we're gonna wrap it up uh on on those thoughts thanks to all you guys for being here we'll be back with another episode of the pastronauts same place but a different time 
The Pastronauts podcast is recorded in multiple time zones simultaneously. No paradoxes, intentional or otherwise, were created at any point during its production. This is a reminder, we are not scientists, so please time travel carefully. If after this warning you still elect to take a time voyage, you might as well do it in style, but please avoid interactions with yourself or family members, and don't forget to wash your hands. 